you just think we just, you know, whatever happens, we just shit another player. I, and everything's going to be perfect. All of our fans think that. You all think that. That's what you write about. You don't want to be here. There's a specific reason. Not really, you know, I, I think we did a poor job recruiting. If guys are coming in and immediately walking out the door because it was something different than what they thought it would be. And we lied to them during recruiting or we, we sold them on a dream that wasn't true. Yeah, you know, right now uh, we have the atmosphere of a, of a JC softball game. You know, I mean, that's what we are, JC softball team. As long as, you know, uh, it's 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 not whether you win or lose. It's like who, the, the, the team that wins is the one that has the most fun. You know, that crap like that. You know, all this stuff that's contaminated America where they give every kid a trophy and they don't keep scoring Little League anymore. Now, that's also a second in the West, baby. Yes, sir. <laughs> Winning the SEC probably is harder than winning the national championship. Do you know that? Well, how about the fucking dogs? Turn that damn you Hey, buddy, this beer's for you, Mike, and cousin Shane. That SEC podcast loves the pirate, and the pirate loves that SEC podcast. Hail State. Welcome in to the latest episode of that SEC podcast. I'm your host, Michael Bratton. I go by SEC Mike on Twitter, and I'm joined as always by my cousin Shane, live on his anniversary <laughs> vacation. <laughs> what are you up to, you big Tennessee homer? Hey, buddy, what's going on? This one's for you, Shane. Uh, one more year of uh, being married. I'm proud of you, man. You you pulled the trigger, unlike uh, myself and unlike your, your brother, Jonathan. You're the only one that can keep a, a marriage together. I'm pretty sure a lot of people lost bets that day, Mike. You know? <laughs> <laughs> uh, she's put up with me for 13 years, Mike, and wow. it has been great. We are, yes, we are in the middle of the anniversary. Uh, but just like the house, I said, get the hell out of here. I got a podcast to do. <laughs> just kidding. I didn't say that. I love you, baby. So, but anyway, drinking some cold beers, having a blast down here in uh, Florida, man. Uh, down here at Cape Canaveral. First time I've ever been to this place. Pretty cool little spot. Um, we went further south. We were at West Palm for a little bit. We're just kind of hitting the coast up the way. And right now we're up here at the Cape. So having a great time and a uh, we had some mailbag questions, so I thought I'd jump on, see how everybody's handling it. I have no idea what's going on. The universities could be falling apart. I have no clue. Been totally away from Twitter. So, Mike, you're going to have to fill me in on this show. Well, hey, you picked a good time because it's pretty slow. But like you said, you know, we wanted to get these mailbags out the way. But the only other thing I got for this show, we got some point spreads, baby, from Ooh. FanDuel. They've released their games of the year in the SEC. Well, they've released them for the entire nation, but of course, uh, we don't give a damn about the rest of them. So Mm -mm. uh, before we get to the mailbag questions, just wanted to go over some of these lines for the biggest games in the SEC. So you ready to to tackle some of these point spreads? Let's do it. I don't think you should be doing too much gambling tonight, Alan. Gambling? Say anything about gambling. It's not gambling when you know you're going to win. 
All right, and once again, these come courtesy of FanDuel. So a lot of people in the SEC can now run to their FanDuel app and bet on these games. It's a pretty exciting time that we can actually do that. But first game on the docket here, Shane, week two, game that uh, we've been eyeing for a long time here, Texas at Arkansas. The Longhorns favored on the road by four points. Mm. What do you think of that one? Excuse me. Let me log in my account real quick. Horns <laughs> <laughs> down, baby. Oh, actually, I, I'm kind of surprised that this spread is this close. Close uh, because you know ESPN loves. Oh wait, who's who came out with this one? Uh, is it FanDuel? FanDuel. FanDuel. Uh-huh. Okay. Well, you know how Vegas is. They love Texas, and uh, kind of surprised me at this close, but. This is one of those I think could uh, easily flip by the time we get to this game. So I love this bet, Mike. Yeah, me too. So, I mean, I've been saying it. I think Arkansas is going to win that game outright. It's going to be the biggest game they've had in years and years and years. Mm -hmm. Just the fact that it's in Fayetteville is just icing on the cake. And I'm kind of right there with you. I thought Texas would be an even bigger favorite just because I see a lot of disrespect coming uh, the, the Razorbacks' way. And I said this on the last podcast, Shane, but the, the guy that runs the, the athletic, the, the college football site, yeah, he said, this Arkansas is not even a big Texas game I'm looking forward to. It's week one against Louisiana. So <laughs> it's like, oh, the disrespect uh-huh. is very real. And I think uh, Texas is going to be in damn trouble when they, they roll into Fayetteville. Man, I, they're, they're already getting a Matthew McConaughey cam out, aren't they? <laughs> We're going to see him on the sideline pissed off again. I can't wait, man. It's going to be like LSU 2.0. So, I'm I'm all for it, baby. All right, how about this one, Shane? The, the following week, week three, Alabama on the road at Florida. Alabama favored by 15 points Damn. on the road. Thoughts on that one? Man, no respect at all. I, I mean – I could see a two-score game, maybe, but now we're talking about two-point conversions. I just, I don't know. That's a, that's a little, that's a, especially this early in the season. I, I don't like that. I, I think that this should be a little bit closer. Wouldn't surprise me if it is. Yeah, and don't forget. I mean, Florida is basically the only one that gave Alabama a game last season. I guess you could say Ole Miss did as well, but uh, you know that Florida Alabama game was a one-score game in the SEC championship and. I think everybody's looking at this as, you know, Florida's losing so much, but at the same time, so is Alabama. And mm-hmm. I know Alabama's been able, you know, they've proven they can just reload. I don't want to say Florida's proven that, but, I mean, they've basically done that since Dan Mullen's been down there. Yep. Let's not forget how good of a coach Dan Mullen is. And uh, I'm sure you missed this news, Shane, but... Florida has announced this week that the swamp back to 100% capacity. This is going to be the first game, true road game, for Alabama's new quarterback, Bryce Young, on the road. You're telling Mm -hmm. me going into the swamp, favored by 15? Hell no. (laughs) That's another one. I love the Gators, plus 15. I'm not saying they're going to pull the outright upset or anything, but you're going to give me 15 points at home against not a freshman quarterback, but a, a sophomore here. I'm going to take that every time. Oh, buddy. And I got to mention, I, I, I don't even watch baseball, but I've been getting kind of into it because when you're good, you get on board. 
<laughs> you know what I'm saying? And, and it was so nice seeing some of these stadiums at full capacity. You know what I'm saying? It's just, I, I just, we forget. We forget. I'm watching a movie. I'm watching a freaking Moneyball earlier with Brad Pitt. Mm-hmm. And I'm not, not to get off a tangent here, but yeah, there was a highlight in there when they won their 20th game in a row or something like that. And I pulled up the video, the U- actual YouTube video of the home run. And it was just like, goosebumps i don't know anything i don't i couldn't name three players on either one of those teams but just the emotion and all that just that love for their ball club you know you could feel it i cannot wait for these sold out stadiums because they will be buddy and and you're gonna forget you took it for granted for so many years and and coming off this covid season i I just man i'm excited i can i'm just so excited for a full stadium Mm -hmm. oh and uh yeah i don't want to overlook this but i mentioned florida south carolina has also come out and said the same 100 percent capacity so mm. it's going to be 100 percent across the board they're just doing it one one at a time here but oh. i'm right there with you man I've, i love this news man they're already cranking the sandstorm as we <laughs> speak man they're putting more speakers in there <laughs> all right how about this line shade the next week this one is uh, close to your heart interested to hear your thoughts florida on the mm-hmm. road at Tennessee, the Gators favored by 15 and a half points. Damn, I thought it'd be a pick em, Mike. <laughs> uh, similar to the Alabama, I just I think it's way too early to get into three-score territory, but that's exactly where they have the Gators, and uh, I'm just not a fan. I'm not a fan of these three-score games. I, I, I'm, I'm going to go with the Volunteers right now. Hey, well, uh, it seems like we're right on the money, which which could be dangerous. Maybe the the fade the fade SEC Mike at Big Orange Balls <laughs> may be strong again because, hey, I'm right there with you, and I'll tell you why, Shane. Tennessee, we'll get to a, a couple more of theirs. They're big underdogs in every game they're playing, basically against marquee opponents. But now there's a little caveat here. I will say that, but man, I think Tennessee is going to be able to score some points next season. Mm-hmm. And I think people are used to the Garantano era where, you know, it's hard to put up 20 points in a ball game. Right. It's going to be completely different under Josh Heupel. Now, they may give up 40, but they're going to score 35, 40 a game as well. So you're going to give me 15 and a half points at home against an mm-hmm. SEC opponent. I'm taking the Vols. Now, I, I did say there's a caveat there. And that's assuming that they have a quarterback that's capable of running their system. And hell, it seems like every other week they're adding one. So by the time <laughs> the season rolls around, they're going to have themselves a quarterback. I got I got faith in Josh Heupel Absolutely. to produce a quarterback. But uh, if they can do that, man, I'm I'm loving these points. That's that's the key, Mike. Uh, you have the ability to score now, and uh, you may want to edit this out, but they may call them the backdoor volunteers. <laughs> 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 because you know they may they may be trailing by thirty points, but it would not surprise me if this is one of those teams that just kind of backdoors that spread, you know. So mm-hmm. I'm looking forward to scoring points, man. All right, the the following week, Auburn at LSU. LSU a four point favorite over the Auburn Tigers. That that feels about right, doesn't it? Feels about right, as long as you know they stay out of the transfer portal there. So. Uh, <laughs> I, I think, yeah, I think that's a good little sweet spot for them. And, uh, but definitely one of those spreads that I can see moving around a lot closer to it. When's that, when is this one scheduled again? 
Uh, week five. I'm I'm not looking at the dates here, but that'll yeah. probably be like October one. Yeah, this is one of those. Just keep your eye on. It's it's going to reward those that bet early because this spread I think changes quite a bit by week five. Mm-hmm. Uh, now the following week, here's two really good matchups: Shane Georgia at Auburn. Bulldogs mm-hmm. favored by ten and a half. That's a pretty big margin. But then here's the marquee game. Here's one where may decide the SEC West. Not saying it will, but it may. Alabama at Texas A&M, the Crimson Tide, favored by 13. Jimbo says they're going to whoop his ass. Oh, my God. So, thoughts on that? Alabama favored by 13 at Texas A&M, and Georgia favored by 10.5 at Auburn. These, When you're getting on the road here in the SEC, it's you're getting tricky if you're, if you're with these large point spreads, don't you think? Yeah, absolutely, man. And this is when you're gambling. This is when you've got that gut feeling that your team's going to be good. You put money on games like this. If you think Texas A&M, this is their year, put some money on them. If you think that, you know what I'm saying, if you think that this is a year at Auburn bounces back, put some money. If you think Georgia is just going to steamroll their way to the national championship, put some money on it. Because when you get into weeks three, four, and five, Vegas figures this shit out real quick. And that that spread becomes – a lot tougher to guess. Right now is when everyone is guessing what they have. So if you've got that gut feeling that this is your year, this is when you bet on your team. You know what I'm saying? This mm-hmm. is when you're looking at your ball club and you put your emotions a little to the side, but not too far, and you pick your ball club and you put your $100 on them to win an ad or something. This is when you're doing it because as the games get further in, Vegas figures it out real quick. Now how about this game, Shane? Uh, the one that's been deciding the SEC East for a number of years here, Georgia versus Florida in Jacksonville. The Bulldogs favored by eight points against mm. Florida. That hmm, more than a touchdown. Thoughts on that? Man, just tells you how good they feel about Bama right now. Uh, <laughs> this is a touchdown game. So, mm-hmm. you know, I, again, just like I just said, if you think this is Georgia's year, like legit year, then you better put some money on them dogs right now because it won't be an eight-point game by the time we make it to the world's largest outdoor cocktail party. Mm-hmm. Well, speaking of Alabama, the following week, again, this may be the game that decides the West. LSU at Alabama. Alabama favored by 24 points. <laughs> now, at this point, Alabama may be a machine, but, man, I really like LSU this year. So that yeah. that's – Hell, last time That's they probably- went to Bryant Denny, they won. So of course they had Joe Burrow and a and about twenty NFL players. But hell, they still did it. So I don't know. I'm favoring the points on this one too. Yeah, you may put a star by this pod because as far as all the bets I've heard today, that's the sexiest one. Twenty four points. That is that is a tall I mean, even if you you know what LSU has, I just I don't know. I think they figured out the quarterback play. I think their defense is strong. I think they give Alabama – I think it becomes a ball game. So, uh, yeah, I'm liking this bet. All right, last one I got for you, Shane, and this is just, uh, you know, a sneaky one that I want – you're saying put a star on it. That's exactly what I wanted to do with this one. Uh, This is uh, not necessarily a rivalry or anything like that, but Week 11, Florida, on the road at Missouri, the Gators favored by nine and a half. And I'll tell you why I'm, I'm putting a star next to this one, Shane. We all know Missouri football's on the rise. Uh, 
in Florida when they go all the way up to Missouri, especially late in the season. Mm-hmm. That's been a troublesome spot from time to time. But, you know, you can't put too much into, into what's happened in the history, uh, or at least the long-time history, you know, year to year. But why I really like this game, and I've already heard Drinkowitz talk about it this offseason. He's mentioned Dan Mullen and the, you know, there was the halftime fight, brawl, whatever you want to call it. Mm-hmm. And that was also the game where old Dan Mullen came out afterwards and was wearing Darth Vader shit. And <laughs> Eli Drinkowitz has mentioned that at least once during the offseason. So I think, uh, you know, that's kind of his sneaky way of just saying, we have not forgotten the disrespect and the hostility that the Gators showed us. And maybe it fades by week 11 of the upcoming season, but I don't know. I think, um, again, I'm not sitting here saying Florida's going to lose this game, but I think it's going to be a lot closer than nine and a half. What What are your thoughts on all that? Mm. Well, it sounds like that's exactly what you're saying, Mike. <laughs> <laughs> what do they have? This is way out there. What do they have week uh, in front of them? I'm just curious if this is uh... – one of those. That's another factor. Is is Florida coming off a tough, tough game, or is Mizzou coming off an easy game? I'm just curious. Okay, well, Florida's coming off Samford, <laughs> not, not Stanford, but Samford, <laughs> and then Missouri will be coming off South Carolina at home. Mm, and you know that game's always going to be tough and physical. So, right. I don't know, man. I kind of like them points right now. Okay. I, okay. Well, I like that we're. I like that we're disagreeing on yeah. one. That means I'm going to be right. <laughs> <laughs> You're probably right, man. <laughs> All right. Hey, well, we spilled on long enough. You know, we're going to have so many lines to talk about in the in the weeks and months to come before the season gets here. But uh, I just love that they throw these out in the middle of spring because there's nothing else going on. So it gives us something to spiel about. Mm-hmm. But uh, we got some questions to get to, man. Let's hop all down to that mailbag. How about it? Let's do it. <laughs> Listen up, it's time for mail call. Don't have to answer that question. I'll answer the question. You want answers? I think I'm entitled. You want answers? I want the truth. You can't handle the truth. Do you understand the words that are coming out of my mouth? My turn. What do you got? Okay, here we go. What color is a fire truck? Oh, oh, God, I always get these. Um, okay, uh, all right, fire truck. Fire truck, fire truck, fire truck. What are those red fire trucks? All right, uh, first one, Shane. Really appreciate Blake reaching out, giving us another question about LSU and their outstanding defensive backs. And we all know Derek Stingley, All-American, Elizas, Ricks, freshman All-American, if I'm not mistaken. I mean, it's tough to beat that duo and that's kind of what Blake his kind of question was centered on so let's kick it over to Blake hey Shane and Mike um, I know this is my second time but it's Blake your biggest uh, LSU fan I was just kind of keying in and noticing one particular uh, position unit uh, for LSU that's really strong and that's the cornerback position when you look at uh, Derek Stingley and Eli Ricks who have 10 combined interceptions in three combined total seasons I feel that far and away, uh, LSU has the, the biggest advantage at that particular position unit going into 2021 and maybe even their best combination it could play out to be all time. I wanted to kind of get your 
takes on if you agree with that or if there's any other um, SEC cornerback units that stack up or draw a comparison. Uh, thank you always. All right, Shane. So anytime we get an in-depth roster question, I think that's a question directed my way. <laughs> Shane, so. gra- Shane grabs another beer. <laughs> <laughs> And, uh, you know, I really do appreciate this question once again, but, uh, man, I, sometimes you can get the sense that uh, the callers, you know, they know it's almost like they're bragging about their team. And I'm not saying that's, that's what's right. going they on here. They know they got but something good. Exactly. And that's what they're working with down there. They don't call it DBU for nothing down there in Baton Rouge. I agree. Derek Stingley, Elias Ricks, hell, they both are going to be in contention for all SEC, potentially all American this season. So, Without a doubt, I'd put them number one in the SEC this season. But in the West, man, we've got a, got a couple of duos here that I really like. And one that's probably off the radar of most people outside of Starkville. Head on down to Mississippi State with uh, Martin Emerson and Emmanuel Forbes. Those mm-hmm. two guys were all over the field. I believe, if I'm not mistaken, Emerson led the SEC in interceptions last season. And Forbes was a really terrific first-year player from Mississippi State. So I'd probably put them number two. And then I really like Auburn's duo, Roger McCreary and Jalen Simpson. Auburn's been adding safeties. Hell, they just added another one. <laughs> they they added an FCS All-American. And then they uh, – so, you know, they, they were looking for help at safety, but that's because – not at corner, because they got that position locked down on the planes with Roger McCreary and Jalen Simpson. They're probably my number three. And then last but not least, Florida. I really like Kyrie Elam. He's a really good player. And they just signed five-star <laughs> true freshman Jason Marshall. And you you just never know when you sign one of these guys. I mean, I, I'm sure the expectation is he's going to be great for the Gators. But until we see it on the college football field, you know, there's always a little skepticism there. So that's the only reason I'm putting Florida last on this list, just because we don't know quite what Marshall's got, but I believe he was the nation's number one corner. So he's probably he's probably the next guy we're talking about. You know what? Well, I mean, I appreciate the question. Is there any sneaky group, sneaky core that you could see uh, making its way in this group? Maybe somebody that's young, hasn't proved it yet, but, uh, you know, maybe highly touted, highly recruited. Is there is there a group that you're looking at that could make their way in the top five? Yeah, it'd probably be Texas A&M. And Jimbo and, and Mike Elko, they keep singing the praises of their secondary. Uh, they got, particularly that Alabama game, uh, they got toasted pretty bad. But, you know, as we come to find out against Alabama, they did, they toasted everybody last mm-hmm. year. So maybe that's just left a little bit of a bad taste in my mouth because for the, you know, the vast majority of the season, Texas A&M's duo was very good. And, you know, that's looking like a strength. So there's probably – People in College Station listening right now saying, where the, where the hell's our guys? Mm-hmm. They probably belong in that conversation as well. And I think by the end of the season, with all they got coming back at Texas A&M, that's probably one we're looking back at it as potentially, uh, you know, maybe challengers to the best in the SEC. Okay, I like it. All right, hey, uh, we got another question here, Shane. Wanting to know about Ole Miss. All the Rebels are flying <laughs> high, the lane train, everybody's on board. So let's kick it over to this one. What's up, guys? This is Dallas from Oxford, Mississippi. I just left another message, but ignore that one and answer this one. Oh, I was just going to see what y'all thought the realistic expectations were for Ole Miss this year. There's a lot of buzz around town here that uh, 
the defense could take a huge step forward this year. And I'm just thinking that, you know, if, if we have a middle-of-the-pack defense and our offense is somewhat the same as it was last year, that we have a real shot of 9-3, 10-2, especially with having Matt Corral back. And I know we lost some receivers, but I have faith that we'll, uh, we'll pick some of them up in the transfer portal. And, yeah, if you would, just uh, tell me what y'all think about it. And I enjoy listening to your show, so thanks. All right, Chance, so what do you think about it here? Ole Miss, can the defense improve to the point that the Rebels are going to contend for the SEC title? And uh, I thought it would be interesting here. I'm going to run down the schedule, if that's all right with you, Shane. Yeah. Hey, actually, actually, I'm glad, you, glad you're going to do that because I want to, I wanna, you know, I'm a couple beers in, Mike. Mm-hmm. All right, and I'm just going to say let's, let's pretend – that this does play out, that Ole Miss defense is a lot better, and that the offense doesn't take a step back, even though they've lost a couple of key pieces. Let's just pretend for a second. So we're going to go – I want to go through the schedule and go best-case scenario. Do I see them coming away with a victory? Does that make sense? Yeah. So, I mean, uh, when you say 10-2, and two, those are lofty goals. That is uh, – that that's that sounds like – that sounds like cousin Shane talking about his volunteers. So let's let's see if ten and two is a possibility here. All right, what do you got? All right, opening weekend they're playing Louisville in Atlanta, so neutral site. Oh, victory! Yeah, I'm, I'm, we're going best case scenario. We're going that the defense is better, offense stayed the same. All right, victory one and zero. Oh. Week two, Austin P at home. Oh, two and zero, oh, man. Momentum's <laughs> picking up. Week three, Tulane at home. Oh. Greenway <laughs> ain't got a shot here. Three and zero. All right, man. Look, the lane train is picking up steam. Yeah, now they they get a bye, which is critical because the next game at Alabama. Mm. But hell, at least they got two weeks to prepare for them. They do got two weeks to prepare, and and I am a glass half full kind of guy. But let's just say three and one, still good. I, I, I still think they dropped this one um, last year. They did go toe-to-toe with the Tide, but I don't know. I think, uh, I think old Saban's a little bit more prepared this go-around with the tape that's out from Ole Miss. So uh-huh. right, let's go three and one. All right, next week, Shane, Arkansas at home. Ooh, again, we're going best-case scenario here. So there's not going to be a – there's not a lame duck game. We're getting the best of Matt every single week. So I'm going with another victory here. Four and one. So Arkansas Arkansas fans, don't get mad. We're not talking that your team sucks. We're just talking that Ole Miss is playing the best ball that they could play. So I'm going four and one. What do you say? Can uh, can they do it? Can they pull this victory out? Oh, yeah. I mean, I, I certainly think oh, yeah. they can beat Arkansas. I'm not saying that they will, but mm-hmm. you kind of nailed it right there. I mean, hell, they he threw six interceptions last season. And, exactly. And it was a 12-point game. So half half. If he throws three less interceptions, they win the game. <laughs> Think about that for a second. Okay, four and one. All right, now we're going to really get uh, the truth out of mm-hmm. Cousin Shane at Tennessee. Ooh, Lane Train making his return. Yeah, this they may score 300 points in this game, but it's going to be five and one Ole Miss after this. Ooh. And a lot of beer. A lot more beer than I'm drinking now, Mike. Okay, how about that? It'll the- be fun. It'll be fun, man. <laughs> All right. LSU at home. Home helps. Um, 
no, we need a perfect game here. I, I could see, golly, all right, Mike, I'm going four. Or where are we at? I'm, I've already lost count. Five, five, one, and one. Mm-hmm. Let's do a draw here. I just this <laughs> one's going to be. Ole Miss is going to have to play some serious football here, and they cannot afford to make mistakes. That defense is legit. If the defense does step up and and is able to keep Mr. Johnson on his toes, I, I think maybe it could happen. But I'm giving this one to LSU. Fuck. I mean, the more I talk about it, yeah. All right. I'm going to have to go back to LSU. I'm sorry. Nah. Okay. Hell, yeah. five and two I, is a hell of no, a record here. No, I'm going to say draw. I, I'm going to say if they play a great game, this may come down to last possession. So okay. not going to do it. All right, how about this for the following week? Trap game here at Auburn. No, I think perfect game. Long as will screw up, this is a victory. Okay. Oh, here's Now here, this may be the true trap game here. Liberty at home. Now, before you laugh off, Liberty, of course, Hugh Freeze is a head coach. This is going to be the game he's going to want more than any other on the schedule. And I'm not buying the hype, but Liberty quarterback Malik Willis, they're saying he may be a first-round NFL draft pick in the next draft course. They usually say that about 10 quarterbacks during the – hell, I remember Jamie Newman was getting that, and and he just went undrafted. So, like I said, I ain't buying that hype. But he is a good college player. So – Thoughts on that one, Shane? Ole Miss at home against Liberty. Uh, yeah, Hugh, I don't. <laughs> what an ironic break, you know. We're talking about relationships, huge free games. <laughs> uh, no, we're talking. A, we're, I know it could be a sneaky game, but um, we're, we're going best case scenario, Ole Miss here. So I'm going to go easy victory here. Okay, how about this one at home, Texas A&M. Mm. Oh, man. This is this is the two loss right here. So I don't quite see 10 to 2 here, but I, I'm saying 9, 2, and 1. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I just I don't think they have enough depth, even if they play a great game, to, to go toe-to-toe with Texas A&M this year. Okay, and then Vanderbilt at home, that's, a, that's an easy win, right? Oh, yeah, easy win. And then final game. Now, this is tricky. I know you're saying best case here, but you mm-hmm. throw the records out, as they say, in these rivalries <laughs> at Mississippi State on Thanksgiving. I, I'll i never go in an egg, egg bowl saying a team's guaranteed to win. What are your thoughts on that? Not guaranteed to win, but this is a 50-50 game. Like if somebody gave – I don't know if a point spread's even out on this thing, but if it's not a pick em, I I can't. I, I, you know, I'm going to bet the opposite way, but we're going perfect game, and, and in a perfect game, Ole Miss doesn't lose to in the Egg Bowl. So, um, final answer: only two losses for Ole Miss this year, um, guaranteed, is A&M, Alabama right now, and um, LSU is a tricky one, but that's where I'm at. So, I mean, you could break up this clip any way you want and, and take the last 10 seconds and say, wait, Shane's lost his damn mind. Again, I'm talking about Ole Miss playing a perfect football on both sides of the ball and the defense improving and the offense not losing a step. Honestly, as long as Matt gets better at quarterback, uh, more efficient, which I fully expect him to do mm-hmm. this year, it would not surprise me if we're looking back and say, damn, you know, Lane Kiffin is – 
the ultimate hire and some of these bigger universities across the country don't think they ain't going to come for them because I think that's where we're Ole Miss will be. But there is some factors. We got to, we got to have, we got to have some improvement on the defensive side of the ball. You know, we don't need them to win games. We just need them to keep them in games, you know? All right. Hey, final one here. Let's get Shane off the line before, uh, Mm -hmm. before he gets in trouble here. Thank you. We got a Florida question. Can they upset Alabama? Let's let's hit on over to the mailbag. Hey guys, this is Jesse up in North Dakota, uh, Gators fan, uh, calling in because I want to know what you guys think. I am going to the Gators uh, Alabama game, and I want to know what you guys think would realistically need to happen for them to win, uh, and what maybe would be the chances of that. Uh, go Gators. All right, Shane. So what's it going to take for Florida to upset Alabama? I've already got five keys to the game here I want to run down. <laughs> uh, well, I think the key here is, for starters, it's early in the season. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I mean, I'm looking at that point spread. We've already kind of talked a little bit about this game. Uh, I think Florida has an opportunity to win a game like Alabama. Mainly because of the coaching, I, I think you know Dan's going to put his team in the best situation. Not that Nick Saban won't, but you know I think he's going to make it just as competitive and like he has in years past. Mm-hmm. So I, I think I think the trend here is hold on to the ball. You know, make this a final possession type game. Don't let don't let the quarterback get comfortable back there. You know, you're going to have a new quarterback in that system. Um, play, play your ball. You've got really good running backs. You just create, just control the tempo the best you can. Um, I, I think that's what, if it's a close game going into that fourth corner, you know, that's what, that's, that's how I like this game being played out. Don't, you can't play Florida from years past. You can't play Bama from year past. Every year is a different year. These are two different teams this season and, uh, just play to what you're good at. So I think that's, what's got to happen here. Yeah, and I kind of already hit. So, so, and maybe, and, and sorry, just to just expand a little bit more on that. A lot of time, it feels like Nick Saban doesn't win games. He just he waits till you lose them. Mm-hmm. So we can't we can't go back and say, "Damn, what was Dan thinking?" Forcing, uh, you know, a stupid fourth down fake punt or something like that. You know what I'm saying? Right, right. Yeah, and I think uh, you know. Speaking on that note, let's not forget how good of a coach Dan Mullen is. I think for whatever reasons, I guess just the way Florida ended the last season, some of the lusters off Dan Mullen, he's still one of the top. I'd probably put him, you're talking just game day, X and O, getting his team ready to play. He's probably top five in the country. And maybe, you know, right up there with Nick Saban. Now he's got his faults in other areas, but play calling, getting the team ready, Tough physicality, toughness, he's right up there. So let's not – I know Nick Saban's the greatest, but there's not a massive drop-off from Nick Saban to Dan Mullen where he's at at this point. Mm-hmm. So how does this get done? I, I hit on it a little bit when they're opening the swamp. I mean, the home field advantage, this this has got to be one where they're holding pep rallies the day before. Yeah. Uh, maybe make this a big recruiting weekend. you got to have that swamp just – packed and ready and and anybody and everybody in the state of florida that you know know somebody that's a alabama fan that wants into the swamp do not sell them that ticket so it's got to start <laughs> there starts with the fans kind of like you said turnovers are going to be incredibly key to this game you got bryce young 
on the road in a, in a hostile environment for the first time as a starting quarterback. You got to get to his ass, and that's what Todd Grantham's known for, being aggressive, blitzing, just going all out. And I know that burns you at times, but at other times when you're playing a inexperienced quarterback, could really rattle him. And, you know, to what you're mm-hmm. saying there, Alabama usually doesn't beat itself, but that's not always the case. And that's the danger of, of starting a young quarterback on the road in the SEC. So I think he can force him into mistakes. Emory Jones, you got to give him time. Alabama's going to have some monster pass rushers this season. And whenever you do dial up one of these design deep shots, holding that the pass rush for an extra second could make the difference between a 60-70 yard touchdown and a 10-yard sack. And it's just those little, little attention to detail are going to be key to this game. And final thing I got, I would try to limit Alabama's possessions, you know, limit their offense. Run the ball. I think that's what they're going to do with these running backs like Bowman and with Henry Jones running the ball from the quarterback position. And I really do think mm-hmm. Florida's capable of doing this. And and this may be the big upset of the early season in the SEC. I would not be stunned at all if Florida takes down Alabama in the swamp. And we got more mailbags are coming, so those questions keep racking up, but we've taken up enough of your time here on the anniversary, so I really do appreciate you hopping on the line here and and spieling. I think fans are really going to appreciate this one, and uh, you got anything else before you you get off here? No, just don't forget, man, the call-in show, 615-800-LOVE, (laughs) L-O-V-E. That's what's going on at Shane's anniversary. He's spreading the love down there. So now he's just spreading the love on the show. I can't remember three phone numbers in my phone book, but I can remember that one somehow. So, yeah, feel free to call in. You will be prompted by an English lady. Don't be – that is us. I just haven't figured out how to – change the voicemail prompt a lot of people are probably getting there like this ain't this ain't these that ain't them country folks so but anyway man i appreciate everybody sending the questions over we got a few we, we weren't able to get to but we will i promise uh uh either later this week or next week definitely but just keep sending them man it's the off season that's what we love doing because once the football season cranks up we ain't gonna have time man we gotta get to that news so uh mike i appreciate everything you've done and and uh, you know, getting all the keep keeping the shows coming out. I listened to one this morning as I was drinking coffee. So uh, I, I appreciate all the work you're doing back home. Absolutely. Well, that's gonna do it. Thanks as always, Shane, for hopping on the line. Thanks everybody for tuning in. We'll catch you on the next one. All right. See you guys. Go balls.
One second. I told the wife 15 minutes, and it's been 35, so I need to apologize real quick. I'll be right back. Hey, you want to see year 14, Mike? You be a bigger man. You step up. You apologize to your wives. <laughs> All right, I'll be right back.